Ask the Podcast Coach for February 17th, 2018. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is, that fun-filled music that means it's Saturday morning. It's 10.30 Eastern Standard Time. It's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I am your host, Dave Jackson, from the School of Podcasting. Dot com and uh, joining me right now is uh, the lovely chat room that I uh, I missed. We did not do a show last week. I was uh, doing a couple things at Podfest in Orlando, Florida. I was a working at the Libsyn booth. I work at Libsyn. That's L I B S Y N dot com. Use the coupon code SOP free to get a free month over there. So I was working at the Libsyn booth. I was uh, staying up very late. Very, very late. Later than I normally do. We're talking three in the morning, people. Uh, having fun on the patio, uh, talking with people. It was That was the weirdest thing about it. And uh, and then I also got, I got to speak. I did a thing on uh, the Amazon uh, Alexa and how that whole thing is just growing. 28% of people that have an Amazon uh, Alexa. Oh, and I need to, mine is going crazy now. She's going to start yelling at me. 28% of those people that buy one, and by the end of the year, we're talking 90 million people are going to have some sort of Amazon or well, some sort of uh, smart speaker now that the uh, now that the Apple thing is out. But uh, yeah, 90 million people are expected to have a smart speaker. 28% of those, it's time to do fun with math, uh, 28% of those will be listening to more podcasts. So if we take 90 million and times that by 0.28, Right? Am I doing that right? Yeah, it's 25 million people are going to be listening to more podcasts thanks to smart speakers. So I did that. And then on Saturday, I got roasted. And I decided this morning to wear my roast t-shirt, which is a giant bullseye. This is what I, uh, here's the fun thing. I uh, decided to, if you're new to me, I like to do something to throw you a curveball in one way or another. And so I had a, number one, it was freezing. And by that, I mean, it was freezing in the hotel. And by that, I mean, it was really cold all the time. Like I strive to get a flesh tone because I am white and pasty. It's actually my middle name, David white and pasty Jackson. I was freezing, man. I was, I felt like I was going to turn blue, but I had a black sweater on over the shirt and I, they played some sort of uh this girl is on fire. I think was my intro music, uh, which was great fun. And I'm high-fiving everybody and I get up there and I want to pull the sweater off but keep the shirt on. And I started to pull off both my shirts. And I, this is one of the things that's going to make me cringe when I watch the video of this, because usually you never hear the phrase, Hey, nice back fat. I don't usually think that's a thing, you know? Oh man, that guy had some major awesome looking back fat. So I got a question. Is Steven around? No, Steven genre or SP. I got a microphone question. And here's the fun thing that some experts will not do. And that is, my answer is, I don't know. So I'm going to talk to SP. I'm going to talk to Ray Ortega. I'm going to talk to uh, Stephen Jeanru about this one. Awesome supporter, Sean Park from BeYourOwnNerd.com uh, emailed me and said, uh, Hey, uh, I want to make videos, but I don't want, like right now I have a giant Electro Voice RE320 in the picture. And he wants to do a video without the microphone in the picture. So you can see, like I could do this if I wanted to, and I can have a video with no microphone in the picture. Can I get it a little closer? Okay, so it's almost in the picture, but you now hear a lot of background noise. And so that doesn't work typically. Then there's the option, he said, adjusting things and bringing it back. Um, There's the old lavalier microphone. And I don't hate lavalier mics. I just think they tend to sound like this. Hi, welcome to Ask the Bondcat. There's just no bass to them. But they don't pick up a lot of background noise, kind of. And then the option, so he says, uh, or should I get a shotgun mic? And if you're new to that one, shotgun mics are typically kind of small. And they have a super duper, like, laser-focused pickup pattern. And so they're used a lot in, like, movies and things like that. Like the... The, the people holding the stand, those are probably shotgun mics and you aim them at things and they pick up just that thing. And my answer to Sean was, 
I don't know. I've never used a shit. The only time I've ever used shotgun mics was back in the day. And I was recording drums and I would put a couple of shotguns down just to, to maybe it's cymbals or something like that. So I'm going to be throwing that one out to uh, Steven Jeanru and SP and Ray Ortega and uh, see what they have to say. And this is one of those things too, that I sometimes think we obsess over like room noise. There's, there's okay room noise. And then there's like, wow, you sound like you're in the bathroom room noise. And uh, I don't know. I, to me, yeah, I, it, there's no wrong answer here, but to me, the fact that I have a big microphone here, you know, does it really detract from what we're saying? I don't know. Uh, but they do work. Uh, Randy in the chat room says, yeah, shotgun mics work great. And I have, a, I have two somewhere in, uh, in the house. Cause I have a drum set miking kit, uh, a couple for the toms, two shotguns, and I think one for the snare. And I just haven't dug it out in a while. Uh, so um, if anybody has any recommendations on a good shotgun mic or a good lav mic, I used a, I believe it was an Audio-Technica lavalier mic for a while on some of my videos. And I remember it had a watch battery and it wasn't bad. It didn't sound quite as bad as this, where you have the AM radio thing going on. It, it just, to me, doesn't sound as good as this mic. And the reason for that is it's two separate things. So keep that in mind. Emily says, I had uh, the shotgun mic attachment. Ah, there you go, on the H5. Not a bad option that I really liked. It, uh, it is an extra 100 bucks, though, you think. And this is where I mentioned to Sean, I go, whatever mic you're looking at, before you buy it, I met this dude at PodFest. We'll just call him Steven. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Stefan, S-T-E-P-H-E-N. He was a really nice guy from MikeRentals.com. And uh, I actually emailed him this morning. I said, we might want to do a segment in the future. Like, it's a partnership. I, one of the things I wanted to do this year was partners uh, with people. Again, partnerships. And I also said, if you ever have anybody, if I don't know if you do or not, but if you ever have anybody, because he's around Mike people, that have questions about podcasting, I'd be happy to be your guy. So uh, that's uh, something that will be coming in the future. Randy says the AT8035 and the Rode NTG2 are around $269 retail, so you can get a shotgun without breaking the bank. Very cool. So I've never I've never played with one. So again, I might be going over to MikeRentals.com and saying, can you send me your favorite shotgun microphone for under $300? He's also very knowledgeable. That's the interesting thing. Steven uh, actually writes the reviews of the microphone himself. I'm not sure how many guys are over there. But uh, the, the coolest thing about that was I was there... I'm going to say less than 10 minutes. I mean, I literally just walked in the place and uh, Kim Kraji from um, Toastmasters101.net literally brought him to me and said, you need to talk to this guy. And then I did. And as soon as I I heard uh, what he was doing, I was like, oh, this is so cool. So thanks to Kim on that. That was really cool. But the one thing I thought we could talk about today, and this again also comes from Stephen Jeanru from betterpodcasting.com. But I will throw this in the chat room. One of the questions I get all the time is, uh, what's your launch strategy? And the thing I worry about launch strategies is if you focus too much on the 18-part launch strategy, (laughs) is that you never make it through it because you've made it too hard. Monica Rivera, I think, she does a show called You Want to Do What? And she's, uh, she's really pretty cool. She's from the Bronx, And her whole thing was like, I don't know. I think I want to start a podcast. And she did. And it it sounds at least, I I know, because she's mentioned this, that she thinks out what she's saying. But it doesn't, it sounds like it's just off the cuff, but it's obviously been processed. And she's really sharing a lot about herself. Uh, They're fun little stories. But the whole point of it, and this is what's fun, is at the beginning of of her show, her first episode, as she described it, is a hot mess. And I think she recorded it with some, who knows, Guitar Hero microphone on episode one. She goes, but I started. And then the second one, she moved to like a Blue Yeti. And then I think she's using an ATR now. So it's fun because I, I met her. She's really cool. And started here again. I found her episode. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Went back and downloaded another episode and another episode. And I was like, oh, I got to go back to episode one. She actually did an episode on dating in 2018 that absolutely scared the bejesus out of me. I didn't realize like, there's all this weird, like ghosting and zombieing and 
breadcrumbing. I was like, I just, just, do you like me or not? And now there's like 37, it's like Baskin Robbins when it comes to dating now. Not that I'm even worried about that at this point, not something I'm, I'm up to, but it was interesting because her launch strategy was, I don't know, I'm going to record it and send it. And I was like, I like that attitude almost a little more than the person that's doing the 19 step launch process. There's two strategies for launching. And there are some that say you need to have at least an insert a number here because I've heard every number from three to 30. I actually heard somebody say you need to have 30 episodes ready to go. And I was like, maybe if I'm doing a daily show and the, the information is evergreen so that you have a 30 day window in case, I don't know, you break a leg, you've got 30 days of, of life has thrown me a curveball that you can keep putting out episodes, but you don't need, keyword, need 30 episodes to to launch. And the one thing I always make people, just make sure you are aware of this, that let's say we launch with four. Let's just do the four thing. People think that if somebody subscribes to your show, that it's going to automatically download the last four episodes. And the answer to that is no. No, I'm sorry. Uh, it does not work that way. Um, and so... What it does is it down, let's say you're, you're doing your typical podcast. You have episode four, three, two, one, because it lists the latest one at the top. You subscribe, you get episode four. That's it. Episode four. Now, if episode four is good, you might, you might go back and listen to episode three, two, and one. And it was great because I had a friend of mine that just launched a show with three episodes. And I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to go watch this. And, uh, the final tally is, yes, a lot of people did go back and listen to episodes two and one in her case because she just had three. But by far, more people, well, not by far, because I can't give out numbers, but uh, 10, 15% more people listened to episode three than they do one and two because they had to go back and get those manually. So I was surprised because I really thought episode one was just going to get lost in the dust. And a fair amount of people did go back and listen to that. So that is one strategy that... And, and there are times, again, this is where I think it depends. If I'm doing a, a a podcast that is, and I cannot think of the stupid name, a serial podcast, where it's episodes one, two, three, and it's a story of a lovely lady who was bringing up uh, three very lovely girls, right? You've got this, this story and you want to have episode one, two, three, so people can just binge through it. That I get. You know, that's the serial. That's the whole thing. So I get that where you might want to release them all. But I also like Paul Culligan was talking about this. He goes, Apple wants you to send people to Apple in the same way that YouTube wants you to send people to YouTube. And he said, so it might make more sense. And I'm kind of leaning towards this one that why not start with, I don't know, one episode, have it come out and just bam, hit you in the face and go, whoa. That was a cool episode. I wish there was more. And at the end of your episode, you go, hey, next week, we're going to talk about, bam, hit you in the face. And uh, people are like, oh, I wish that was here now. And you go, if you want to have it the minute it's available, go out to mywebsite.com slash subscribe. And no matter what you're listening to, I've got it there. Instead of iTunes, uh, tune in, Google Play Music, things like that. There he is, the man, the myth, the legend, everyone. Give it up. It's good to see him. The fabulous Jim Cullison, buddy. Greetings, Dave. So we're talking Saturday morning three. Sorry, I'm so late. That's all right. We're talking launching today. Oh, nice. Because uh, the question is, uh, there's kind of two schools of thought. Yeah, you know, I think there's, I think there's a lot of value in getting ready for a launch. And I think to your point, I, I you're always kind of under the, you know, you kind of run this like, hey, if you you spend so much time getting launched, you don't ever make content, and uh, you know, you never want that to get in the way. I do think having some in the can is helpful to your point. Sometimes you're having too many in the can. And then if you decide you don't like doing this, <laughs> you've done a lot of work for nothing. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I, I like that three number, Dave. I kind of like the launch with three. So people kind of have that ability to hear like if they really like it, there's more there for them to go to on launch day, right. which I kind of like. I don't know if I, and then, hey, if you've got time to crank out five or six, get them done. But, and I have seen some cases where some momentum at launch matters. And so I wouldn't totally discount the launch or the launch day. That's or a good the, point. Right. 
you know, you can, you can gain some momentum. There's some, there's some things you do. We talked a couple of weeks ago about Emily told me if I put my videos on Facebook, not just put the YouTube video on Facebook, don't just link to the YouTube video, actually upload the video to Facebook. You'll get better hits, man. That has been golden in my groups like that. Whatever that algorithm that Facebook is using Thank uh, you, Emily. <laughs> is uh, is working. And so, uh, you know, I, lately we've been doing some things on LinkedIn at work where I've been getting all my recruiters. We, we pick a post and we all we all share it and like it. And it's spreading out through the network. And we're starting to see some of that have an influence on our traffic for that, you know, for that work. So I would say, and I just climbed 40 flights of stairs. So every once in a while, nice. I'm going to need to, <laughs> I'm going to need to cough. I'm just going to say it in advance. Just came back. Holy, from the race. holy cow. It was stupid. I think those things can make a difference. So I wouldn't say, you know, don't do anything or don't worry about it. But I, I like getting a couple in the can. I like having a couple there for launch day. Three is my, is kind of my favorite number. It's and a I magic would say number. blast it on, have a good, have a good uh, pulse you know, a good thump on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter. And, and I think, well, and we can't discount Instagram. All of a sudden, right. Instagram matters now, right? So that's what I would say. I'm with you. And yes, let me uh, let me back up a second. I'm not saying blow off the launch strategy at all. Mm-hmm. Not saying that. And that's it. When you do come out of the gate, uh, make sure exactly what Jim said. Facebook, Twitter, any kind of social thing, your newsletter, family, friends, you know, tell everybody, you know, that, Hey, I'm now available. Check it out. The one thing that I always recommend, cause some people, I, when the people go, I'm launching on March 4th, that's always interesting. Cause I'm like, you don't have any control on how long it takes you. Like some of these, like, um, I had somebody yesterday, they were in, uh, Apple podcast in a day, like they submitted it. And by the end of the day, they were there. And I was like, that is yeah. not, that's not the norm. It's usually three to five days, maybe. Um, point in time may be helpful to rally your troops. Mm. So, you know, especially, I mean, we just did a grand opening. My wife's working for a new physical therapy um, location here in Bellevue. And they had their grand opening like three weeks after they actually opened. Mm. Right. And it was that point in time, the chamber of commerce was there, you know, it wasn't really their grand opening, but I think there is some value to getting that kind of that, that thrust, that pulse on a day. Hey, I'm, and by the way, don't launch on a Friday. <laughs> it's never, you know, it needs to be like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We're finding in our Gallup social media work that everybody's too busy. I mean, Monday, everybody's just nuts. And Friday, everybody stopped looking. And so that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday time frame seems to be when we get the most traction, when we get it. But launch, have to have that launch date and then have everybody help you kind of socialize it. I think that gives you the best chance of success. Dave, I think that's where the day helps. I don't think it, you know, and I think you plan the day after you know your podcast is going to be there. Right. But I think if you kind of have a launch day where everyone celebrates it and they help you tweet and stuff like that, I think people are willing to get, you know, jump on something like that. I think that can help. Yeah, I'd rather wait till I've been notified by Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, better known as Apple, the, the, the software formerly known as iTunes. And uh, who am I missing? Uh, tune in. Once I see him in all those, I would actually, that's when I would pick my launch day and say, okay, is, to me, I, I, again, the musician in me goes, it's like having a CD release party without your CD. Like you can't do that. That's a really bad idea. So once everybody's there, they're like, okay, two weeks from now, we're going to really just tell everybody we know uh, and, and go that route. We've got a lot of questions coming in um, here. How effective do you think LinkedIn is for promotion? Is there a secret for promoting on LinkedIn? Uh, well, Number one, I think you have, it's a blog over there. I know with Libsyn, you can set it up to automatically be posted there. LinkedIn does not, uh, they often will hork your image and there's not, it's the problem with when you're trying to syndicate to multiple platforms, they all don't play the same way, Uh, but you just got to put it out there. I don't think two guys, one brain show is going to do well on LinkedIn. I would think if I had a business show, maybe, um, I don't know. Jim, yeah. what do you think? I think it needs to be business oriented. Like yeah. you can't, um, although that's not totally true. So uh, Home Gadget Geeks does very well on LinkedIn for me. And I publish the YouTube video on Saturday. So uh, after the show, we publish a show on Friday. The YouTube video goes out to LinkedIn. I get a bunch of engagement. And then for a while I was using Vimeo. Vimeo has done some weird things recently where they put a cap on their free plan and it's hard to delete what you had there before. You can't do the SoundCloud thing where like you delete it and add and I, so I'm kind of giving up on Vimeo. I should just pay 
for it, but I won't. Um, so I've been doing the archive.org video mm. uh, on Wednesdays, and I push that to LinkedIn. Video works well. Those kinds of things work well on LinkedIn. Hmm. And if it's, as long as it's not, I, you know, I don't know if you could do beer or if you could do family shows or if you would do religion, <clears throat> excuse me, if you could do religion. Um, I think those things, LinkedIn, if it, it, as long as it's got some kind of business, like my cybersecurity stuff does well, my technology stuff does well um, on, on those things. But I get some really good, I mean, we we just, uh, Gallup just went over our strengths finder assessment, just did its 18 millionth complete this week. Wow. And that's great. 18 million of anything. That's a lot of, no, that's, that's a big number. That's a lot right? of anything. Cool. <laughs> I threw that on LinkedIn. Holy crap, Dave. It, I got, that's the most engagement I've ever gotten on LinkedIn. And I, we're, we're talking 50s, 50s of engagement, right? 50, 60, 70, yeah. something like that. I've never seen those kind of numbers on LinkedIn. So I don't think you should underestimate LinkedIn. It just has to be the right audience. Yeah. Somebody else asked, can you launch with like many news updates? Uh, and they said, I'm thinking for the event I'm helping uh, host this August doing like a mini news updates. Absolutely. One of my favorite podcasts. And again, this is way, way, way back in the day uh, was called the podcast brothers, uh, Emil and Tim Berkwin. And they, before there was the new media expo, it was, who knows, portable media, blah, blah, blah thing. And they did a, an event. It was the first kind of podcasting event. And they did a thing where they would talk about the podcasting industry and they would say, oh, by the way, Sure Microphones is going to be one of our sponsors. Uh, if you want to check it out, it's, you know, August 23rd through the blah, blah, blah. Here's our website. And then they would talk about, hey, we just got a speaker lined up. So anytime any news happened at the event and by the time that thing rolled around. You really felt like if you weren't going to this event, you were just like missing the world's best thing. So, and it wasn't just a bunch of hype. They brought the speakers on to bring in some value and things like that. So I think uh, a podcast is a great way to promote an event uh, and, and just get the word out there. And then it also works for the following years of people find it and they're like, Oh, I, I need to go to this thing. It sounds like a, a lot of fun. Uh, and I, I hate this. I copied the the questions but I didn't copy who they're from. So somebody said a potential person I was going to hire for social media uh, slash posting campaign said that Apple will not give you a high ranking if you don't have 20 episodes with your launch. Well, first of all, I always like to point out that a high ranking in iTunes does not equal a ton of downloads. Case in point, uh, Elsie Escobar with Libsyn had a show called Thanks Podcasting. It was on not the top of new and noteworthy. It was in the front page. You opened up iTunes. There it was. And Elsie, per her quotes, we got maybe a couple hundred downloads a week. Now, again, I'm not going to sneeze at a couple hundred downloads, but it's not the 10,000 download switch. And anytime somebody says something like that, here's a novel question. Feel free to pin me to the wall and go, what are you basing that on? Like, where have you read that? Where can I see that? Because I've never, ever, have you ever heard that, Jim? No, no, not that, not that stat. No, not 20. Yeah. That's uh, I, I've just heard if you're, and I think especially some of the per Rob Walsh, the things where people are featured, he said, those are all hand curated and they can see how many downloads you're getting. So they can see if you're, wow, this, this show is creating a spike. You know, this finding Ed Grimley show is just going crazy. So I just, <clears throat> I think word of mouth is way better than iTunes. That's it. Uh, you know, I, it's just, uh, yeah, you know, we talk about iTunes a lot. Yeah. Mike Murphy uh, just did th- a three-part series on me on um, you know promoting through. He had Ross Brand on his podcast and uh, talked. He has a one called the Twitter Show, one called the Facebook Show, one called the LinkedIn Show, and then on the Facebook one, it's really talking about using Facebook Live. And he encouraged me, Ross did in the show, to do quick. And this is what you do. I don't know why I didn't follow your lead, but when Ross said do it, I did. So I apologize, Dave. Uh, Ross said, hey, do little um, do little video, you know, vignettes right before your show saying, hey, here's what's coming up and drop those Facebook live right on Facebook. And uh, I, I do it. I have a group. I don't do it publicly. I don't spam my public post with the stuff I do on podcasting because it's I've heard in the past my my Facebook groups or my Facebook feed is like, we want Jim, not podcasting Jim. So <laughs> what they've said. So I've gathered those other groups, but getting out there and saying, you know, Hey, we're going live on, you know, such and such. I did that for my home gadget geeks on Thursday. I did that using both Facebook live and I did a little video and then pushed it to Twitter. 
And I got some interesting engagement this week when I did that. So I think there's a good way to use those platforms as well to get that video out. You do that for this show. And I think that works out really well. Well, cause we're live and I'm always like, you know, here's, right. here's what's coming up. But yeah. uh, the one thing I have to do, I, I keep ladies and gentlemen, it's Jim Collison. You kind of walked into the middle of, uh, of oh, our discussion, but um, it's, no, not, it's good. It's, good to it's nice to have you back, buddy. It really is. Yeah. We're halfway through today. I took the day off from work. I typically work six Saturdays through this February timeframe or late January, early March. Uh, we have high school kids that are learning code. And so I'm on campus. Took the day off because it's Trek Up the Tower Day, which means 40 flights from the bottom to the top. Uh, and this is running? Minutes. This is, well, you walk in. Right. Running, you die. You, so, yeah, you, drag you, myself you up the stairs day. <laughs> yeah, no, you just, you drag yourself up. Yeah, totally. Uh, nine minutes, 13 seconds, something like that. Not a, not a world record, but I got to... Uh, I got it done with a buddy. And so I thought, well, I'm going to just take the day off and this will allow me to come in late to ask the podcast coach, but at least I'll get here. Then two more weeks or yeah, two more weeks, uh, our program finishes the end of for the first Saturday in March and I'm back on a regular basis. Nice. But it's nice to have you back. It's good to be back. Yeah. I, I miss, this is one of my favorite things to do. I mean, I just, I really enjoy coming out on Saturday mornings. Well, that's the thing that was weird at PodFest, uh, Jessica Kufferman, a bunch of us all said it's weird because we're all we're all getting older and yet we're staying up like we're in our 20s and we're not tired because every day you're back and there's just this energy of people. And and then when you get home, you just die. That was the fun thing. Jason says in terms of launching, I always start with one. I've had as many as eight to nine different shows pop up in the top 200 and almost every one of my shows have been in new and noteworthy within a week of their launch in their category. I've not once started a show with three in the can, always a preview placeholder episode, and then a launch. I'm just going to, I think she said, just call me E because I can never pronounce her name. I think I'm going to start with three episodes of me talking about different topics. Then the fourth is going to be an interview. Uh, Jim, if you need assistance with teaching kids coding, let me know. I've taught it from kindergarten to eighth grade for a couple of years now. Nice. Uh, You know what thing before I forget? Speaking of cool and awesome. How about cool cool and awesome? Yes. Awesome. Uh, Subscribers, I got a chance to read my list on my show on, and that's always great on Thursday. And you you start reading all these names off, and you're like, "Holy crap!" Yeah. I mean, there this is this significant. So we appreciate, I appreciate on Dave's behalf, you guys supporting the show. Yeah, Jonathan Bloom from WeeklyAwesome.com, dot uh, com, Glenn the Geek Hebert, who I got to uh, to uh, see, which was great fun. I felt bad. Glenn had to leave before the roast, and I still sent out my Glenn zingers, even though he was not there to defend himself. Josh Rivers from podcastingexperiments.com, Max Trescott from aviationnewstalk.com, and uh, Shane from, I always have to think about this before I say it, spybrary.com. So thanks for being an awesome supporter. Uh, Deeply appreciated it. But uh, yeah, so, um, and Jim, have you heard about MikeRentals.com yet? Uh, maybe. Oh, this is, this is the thing I just talked about. Was this on your show? Where did I hear this? You had this on your show. Yeah, I interviewed the guy. Yeah. Now, I also need to address why I sounded so weird on that episode. Number one, I got home super late. And by the time I got home, kind of like, it's weird. I I usually clean the kitchen, but like my kitchen, my whole house was a disaster before I left. And for some reason, I decided to clean up a little bit. I come up here because I'm still running on kind of adrenaline. And I go to record my episode. And I'm pretty sure on the other side of that wall is my neighbor's bedroom. And it's at this point going on two in the morning Uh, because first I tried to do it off the top of my head. That didn't work. Uh, And so I'm like, all right, let's write our notes out, which I had most of them already in. I I put that in. So instead of like today on episode number 602, I'm like today on episode number 602, I went into like NPR mode and I was laughing because I was good. It was good. It was smooth. Yeah. I've had people say like your voice sounded different. I'm like, it's because I was almost whispering uh, at that point. I was trying to be conscious of my uh, neighbors. Uh, But Mike Rentals. MikeRentals.com. It's here's the cool thing. And I'm not getting paid for this. Although I did talk about earlier where I might do a sponsored segment with that guy. Mm-hmm. So let's say I've got an ATR 2100 and I'm like, should I get the RE 20? Should I get the high? Should I get the, uh, where's the sound effect? Should I get the high PR 40? Should I, you know, you can rent these. So like if I want to get a, a PR 40 for three days, I think it's like 40 bucks might be a little less. And then, if you decide you want to keep it 
if I, let's say I spent, cause the math is easy, 40 bucks to run Ohio for three days, 20 of that will go towards the purchase. And I was like, Ooh, that's a cool idea. Super nice guy. It's almost like gamblers. You always have the thing where it's like, you know, if you have a gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLING-IS-BAD.COM. He needs like a, you know, MikeRentals.com. If you have gear acquisition syndrome, please go to 1-800-INEEDMIKES.COM, you know, kind of thing. Because I could see that doing that. But um, I think it's, I think they've got a sweet little, I mean, they're following a, um, they're following the, a pattern that uh, equipment, you know, uh, music, musical rental uh, mm-hmm. have done for kids for years. We did a clarinet for my son, you know, yeah. flute, those kinds of things. And that that system works out <clears throat> really, really well. Good for them. Good for you. It's a little more expensive than just buying it. But when you're talking, when you're in that three hundred to six hundred or three hundred to thousand dollar, which musical instruments are, uh, and microphones are, the really good microphones are. I think that gives you a really sweet. That gives you a really sweet spot. No surprise that you know what doesn't work well in that space is a hundred dollars and below. Yeah. Well, he said, he, I go, are you going to carry the ATR 2100? And because the rental is based on how they're not as durable either. That's what he said. He goes, USB ones are like, and and plus it's, it's a percentage of the price of the microphone is what your rental is. And it's like, it's 60 bucks to buy it. It's going to be $6 to rent it. It's like, just, it's not. Yeah. yeah, The shipping alone will be more. Yeah. So yeah, just go buy it. It's one of those where now I could see a situation like SM 58s, which are super durable right? and they're a hundred. I think I may be in some situations where I may want to rent a dozen of those at a time. Right? Well, I have a bunch of uh, Samson Q2Us because I did a thing where I was recording a panel of four and I needed more microphones. And I was like, you know, so I went out and granted, those are, again, not super expensive. And I now have a bunch of extra. Line. I mean, I, I if it, my my apartment is like Walgreens, like every three feet, you trip over one. Well, in my apartment, about every three feet, there's a microphone laying there somewhere. <laughs> Um, so it's like microphones yeah, and headphones. You have a sickness, Dave. I do have a sickness. Yeah, you have a sickness. Uh, yeah. Oh, here's a cool, we, go, ahead. go ahead. No, I was going to say we have in Omaha, we have a place called Midwest Gear Sentinel, Midwest Sound and Lighting, yeah. which is a local place that you can rent that kind of gear too. I could go in and rent 50 microphones if I needed to, or we've rented PA gear, like when we need it for a special event. Pretty reasonable. These guys are great. It's our setup for it. They have a big warehouse. And they're local, which is key. You don't have to ship. A lot of the stuff is pretty heavy, so you don't have to ship it. I think if you can do a meetup, I think one of the big mistakes people make when they do live events is they don't get the right PA gear to be able to do those kinds of things live. That stuff's important. So, you know, you might check your local area, too, as well, to see if they rent uh, microphones. And, Jim, remind me to throw myself under the bus uh, in a second if I forget. Yeah. Um, But E says, I'm learning and editing Audacity today. Good tips or shortcuts to use when editing. And I could say go to the school of podcasting.com. I, I will actually defer to Steve Stewart.me, I think has one of the best just audacity courses. Mine will get you going. My kind of theory on most software is like, let's look at all it does, how much of this pertains to podcasting. And let me just show you that. But Steve, because Steve edits, he's a, he's a, from what I understand, I mean, I know he's a good guy, but he edits a, a ton of people. And so he knows all the shortcuts and can really get you going. So Steve Stewart dot me uh, is a great place to go. And uh, before you joined us, Jim, I forgot to press record on the recorder. So <laughs> on, you, on your voice recorder, no, that almost uh, never happens. No, yes, on the portable I, recorder, which is not, not even portable. It's right there in my uh, almost never happens. I I can't I can't yeah. believe it. It's un, un, unusual. Yeah, that I, uh, that uh, the, your portable recorder would no, you'd forget to. Yeah, shocking. Or there would be a problem. Yeah, it. just. Just saying portable recorder fans. Yeah. <laughs> do I think $50, uh, the $50 one is worth it? Or should I just do the first 10 lessons? The cool thing about that, um, she's talking about the Steve Stewart thing. Cause he has like a $50 for the course. And then, you know, there's a super jumbo deluxe version. I think in that case, you can, you can order the basic version, bust through that. And then it's a matter of, do I, do I have enough skills to do my podcast? Does it sound good? And if it does, then maybe you don't need the extra stuff. Uh, and if you go, you know, it, it, as it's one of those, again, depends, depends on your budget too. If you're like, eh, another X amount of money, I'm going to have to, uh, you know, start eating cat food. Oh, Jim, that was the one thing that was really interesting about going to Podfest. Literally the first 35 people I met, they would, they would tilt their head to the left a little bit, oh, yeah. put, put their hand on my shoulder and go, I'm so sorry about Bernie. 
mean, it was like, that was the most bizarre thing ever. It was really, it was touching. It's a big deal. But it was like, that's when it dawned on me that my, my audience had an attachment to that cat as much as I did. So that was a. No, they do. Um, And it's those kinds of, it's those kinds of things in your podcast when you're vulnerable, when you're open, when you get known as the whatever, fill in the blank guy or gal. You know, it's those, those kinds of things are super powerful. And Dave, you took a chance and not everybody liked Bernie uh, yeah, true. on the, on the podcast. Like there was some controversy there in yeah. those days. Right. Yeah. But those listeners who did, and you, you did a nice job of listening to your audience during, I mean, I think there's a case study in there with Bernie and his show and, and his passing. There's a little bit of case study and how to use that kind of stuff for podcasting because you did a nice job. You did it. You did a bunch of it. You took some feedback. You listened to your audience and adapted their feedback to, because I watched this all in real time, right? Yeah. I was here on Saturdays as well as I listened to your show every single week. So it, I, I kind of watched it happen in real time. And you did, so you did a nice job of adapting, changing. Then you gave Bernie his own show. And then it, 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 it took off a little bit. And Bernie had a little bit of a groupie following. I mean, <laughs> there were definitely people digging the burn. And, uh, and so, and then, so of course it would make sense, you know, when people saw you, it's a sad thing. I mean, losing a pet is a big deal. We have, we have Bernie shows in the can actually that I need to uh, release. Is that like John Lennon's work? Exactly. We've gone through the, they just released a bunch of stuff from Jimi Hendrix. And it's like, at this point, it's like, it's really not that good. You can keep him doing, you know, old Bo Diddley songs from, you know, whenever. Uh, Let's see here. Yeah. Steven, if you're around, buddy. If you, he's probably in his jammies. Uh, we were talking about shotgun mics, and I was saying how I consider UNSP, Ray Ortega, you are guys that play with microphones all the time. Do you ever play with shotgun mics, Jim? We have some shotgun mics in our studio that we use from time to time. The I have a couple of sound guys that are specialists in that, so I don't screw around with it. But whenever we're doing any kind of video shoot that we're going to produce on a professional level, it's always done with a shotgun mic. There you go. And I I couldn't tell you, this is not an area I don't spend a lot of time in, but I know my, my video guys do, they do. And it's super important. Cause Sean Park from be your own nerd, who is one of our awesome supporters was saying he was trying to figure out, should I go lav or should I go shotgun? And I was saying, I think most people use what for, he wants to do a video like a, you know, Camtasia kind of thing, but it's not a screencast. Yeah. He's going to be in it and he's trying to do it without having a big giant mic in the screen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, either one could do it. I think the shotgun's yeah. going to get a little bit better sound if yeah. you have a treated studio. Yeah. So that's it. Cause again, you're going to be picking up, you know, it's, it's basically a hyper-focused condenser make right. It's got just a, a super thin pickup pattern. Yeah. And, and I think with shotgun mics, price matters. I think this is one of the, yeah. like, we can talk about $60 microphones all day <laughs> because we can get right up on them, right? But with shotgun mics, I think it, uh, it does, I think price does matter. And I think you're going to spend a little bit more if you're going to go that route than maybe even a lapel. But I think lapels are also that area where where, where it matters. Some of those, I've heard some of the lapels that we kind of pimp in the pot, in the podcast community, and they're not very good. And the the ones that newscasters use. Right. Okay. Just so you guys know, I, I can you guys hear me? Now I'm going to say, hold on. This is something that hadn't happened for a while, but it happened yesterday after I rebooted my machine. And that is all of a sudden I'll have to check and see if the drivers are up to date, but I'm using this, you know, fancy schmancy mixer. And every now and then the audio just goes and I'm leaving. So all of a sudden you're talking and all of a sudden you went to, and I'm like, oh, crap, if I can't hear Jim, that means he can't hear me. And so that's when I'm like, it, can you hear me? And I, I saw you go, I, we can't hear you. And I'm like, oh, crap. So, And all I have to do is switch to a different thing and then go back to my original one. I did. Do you remember when we almost used shindig.com? It was a platform. It's interesting. Here's what it does. It's it's a It's a live streaming thing. And it's pretty... Like it has a thing that says, join the thing. Like if people wanted to come in, they just click on step on the podium, I think is the button. And I was like, oh, that would be cool for bringing people in. Not that a lot of people come in over here, but okay. Um, But here's the interesting thing. So let's say Emily and Steven want to have a conversation kind of like, hey, let's, let's share some popcorn and watch the Jim and Dave show. They can do that and actually live video together. Now you can, cause I said, wait a minute. I said, I've got females in my audience. 
And I go, I cannot give direct access to my audience because some people don't want to get bothered. I'm like, look, I'm in my jammies, um, you know. And so they said, no, there's a, uh, you can click a lock button so people cannot. But I was like, and I told him, I said, I like that feature, but I also kind of don't like that feature. I said, I'm kind of like, we're talking. I don't want you talking why I said, but on the other hand, the chat room often has their own show what's going on, but they're like, we, we'd we be willing to let you use this for free if you want to test it out. And I was like, well, we haven't tested a new thing. The only thing that I was kind of like, mm, is there's no, like I said, with YouTube, I embedded on my website, this you'd every week, we'd send them to a page and they'd have to put in their name and email and then join. And I'm like, okay, it's an extra step. But their whole thing is that way you cannot comment anonymously. Kind of, unless you make up an email address. Mm-hmm. So I was like, eh, we might play with that in the future. Maybe post uh, social media marketing. Well, cause I got to get ramped up on what it does and kind of just figure out, does this really deliver something that, you know, I go, Ooh, this is so much better now. Cause I told him, I said, I don't really have a problem with YouTube at this point. I said, you know, uh, Rob Greenlee last week had a horrendous problem with it. He couldn't get his uh, audio to stay working, but for the most I've part, had some, I've had some sync, Sinking problems, mm. and I'm hearing a little echo now uh, on that. Maybe it'll go away here in a second. That could be YouTube too. It is. It's gone. Don't worry about it. Okay. Um, it's sometimes when I take a long break and then I come back, it it does it does some wonky things. Well, there we go. There we see some issues with it right here. So it's not. It's certainly not perfect, but uh, it's pretty. It's pretty good. It works a a lot, and so it, it's good to use. Hey, uh, since I didn't get to ask you this uh, with Podfest. What's what's the best part of it for you besides the roast and some of those things that were personal for you? When we think about for podcasters and for the folks that were there, what what was the best of Podfest? There's a new Zencaster, Squadcast.fm, I think, that looked really cool. And I talked to them, and it's a super easy interface. They're saying in the future that the host is going to be able to control the volume of the guest. And I go, you get that to work. I said, home run. Hands. I go, but I go, folks, I go, here's, here's how you win this game. And they're like, okay. And I go, make it work. I go, that's it. I said, because we had cast and then it got a little wonky and everybody went over to Zencaster. Zencaster, I understand now, and I'm getting this third hand, but if you press pause in Zencaster, when you get done, instead of everybody's file being the same size, which is easy to line up, whoever hit pause, their file is shorter. So it messes up the sync. And I went, so I said, if you can just make it work, I go that we just need it to work. Uh, That would be awesome. And it's super easy. It's kind of like Zencaster where you go, here's my microphone. Here's my camera. Here's not my camera. I'm in my jammies. I go, just, just make it work and you will win this game. Hands down. I said for a while, Zencaster was adding features. Like you can hear, you can play sound effects. And I go, nobody wanted that. At least that I didn't. I I just want it to work and record and sound good. I go, that's it. It's it, the bar is right here. You hit that and you win. So that was kind of cool. Well, and levels are kind of key, right? In that, in that whole equation, especially when you're trying to get people like you and I, I struggle with this, to be honest with you. I struggle with this on my own show using Google Hangouts is it's tough to get the levels right. And for a long time, Google Hangouts did it pretty well. The last couple of shows have been a little questionable. Now, Auphonic uh, fixes that for me. You would be awesome if Auphon- if you could, if you had like a Zencaster that was built on top of Auphonic and was doing some real-time leveling. I mean, how cool would that be that when you're done on the end, that file spits out ready to go for you on Auphonic, ready to go. I see, like when you said leveling, I thought, yes, most podcasters need help with the levels. Right. And so, you know, in a perfect world, we're getting the files locally. We're getting, you know, it's a local copy. It's then merged together nicely. It's then leveled for you. And it gives you the ability to take out some standard problems that audio have, little hiss in the background or maybe a little fan noise or something like that. It seems like the guys at Auphonic have that kind of nailed. Yeah. And uh, it'd be great if you could have a recording solution on top of Auphonic. That's one of the things I want to test today because I I recorded my episode in my hotel room with a Zoom H1, a uh, AT2005 with a cable that went into it. And I could not get, and I tested that before I left, and I could not get decent sound. And I ran it through Auphonic and Auphonic didn't even fix it. And that's where I think I figured out what the problem was. I was plugging, I I can't wait to, to test this today. I was plugging earbuds 
into the headphone jack of my laptop and I bet it was an earbud weird three ring thing where it wasn't plugged in just the right way because it sounded really funky. And I'm like, I've never heard this bad audio come out of Alphonic. And I'm like, it really, because it was just hissy. I, I kept looking at my audio levels and it was fine, but I had to turn it up so loud that the preamp in the H1 is probably just not great. And I just, I was like, all right, I guess I'm recording this when I get home. And that's why we ended up with the, the, the whispering version of the, of the podcast. Randy's got a great question. Have you ever used zoom.us and the preserve original sound feature versus letting zoom do their audio processing? Didn't know there was a feature. I just found out there was a feature in zoom where you can say, give me a file of every person that talks, which could be horrendous if you have, you know, 10 people, but you can set it up to, to have people, you know, get separate files of people. I didn't have to go in and look and see where that is. Zoom is doing some cool things. They're, they are definitely a company to keep your eye on. Yeah, uh, They're one you should try, too. It, if you're not broadcasting, this is what always stops me, is I'm a broadcaster. So if you're not broadcasting, and there's other ways to broadcast than Google Hangouts, but if you're not broadcasting, you've got to, you know, you got to come up with another solution. But Zoom has got, from a quality standpoint, that team has really been working on both video and audio quality and then like we're saying, getting local quality first and then merging those together and making it work. Uh, Zoom is always one you should keep an eye on. There, there is, if you're having trouble with your audio and video, you should give Zoom a try because they're, they, they're not free. I think they have a 45-minute free plan or something yeah. like that. That's always subject to change. I use it for my um, kind of group coaching for the School of Podcasting. Zoom.us, it's, uh, it's kind of like Skype, only it... Um, it works <laughs> a lot better. Yeah. So yeah, uh, no, it's more like, uh, it's more like those conference call. I think, I think it's more like the conference call offerings than it is like a Skype offering in the sense that you can create rooms. And I mean, there's a bunch of things you can do with it. Yeah. Just the quality is a million times better. Uh, somebody asked about live streaming at an event. I bring your own hotspot because the Wi-Fi at pretty much every hotel and it's really not the hotel. I think it's the fact you have 700 people tapping into Wi-Fi yeah. at the same time because uh, Elsie went in to record Rob's uh, kind of state of podcasting and podcasting myth. And I always love to see that. And so I was trying to watch lives, uh, Elsie's live stream on my phone and she was trying to live stream it from her phone. And to make a long story short, it didn't work. It was really pretty horrible. So yeah, we I, have to. We've got to remember at those conference sites. Yeah. So they're running industrial strength Wi-Fi, which also has a whole bunch of squashing technologies in it that help. If someone comes on, so in, in a lot of these, um, in a lot of these cases, if someone comes in and tries to hog all the bandwidth, the system senses it and squashes it. And so you you might can do a little test, do a little two minute test, may not trigger it. And then you go to do a full live stream and the, the, the Wi-Fi in that area senses it and just will squash you. So mm -hmm. you'll get, you'll be like, oh, this worked when we tested it. But when you actually go to do it live, it, it doesn't work. That's never a good idea. We, we, um, when we do conference events, we always purchase hardwired access. Mm -hmm. So I always say, hey, I want to be on your hardwire network. I'll buy it. And then I, um, I want to make sure you're not filtering me or you're not packet shaping me or, or uh, condensing me in any way, you know, squeezing me through the pipe. So it, it's, it is one of those things. If you want really good video, you need to ask a couple questions and you need to ask the tech team at the event that's there. Don't ask the, the event registration. People will have no idea what you're talking about. They will be like, oh, it'll be fine. It's Wi-Fi, right? And, you know, Wi-Fi is a terrible protocol to do video over anyways. It's not... The current Wi-Fi um, protocols that we have don't really handle streaming a video very well. Audio is fine because it's small, but video is big, especially if you're doing anything, you know, 1080p or 4K. So you you definitely do not want to use our Wi-Fi. It's not built for it. It won't handle it well and you'll have a terrible experience. Make sure you're getting hardwired in if you can. It's not cheap. I'm just going to say this is like everything. You know, this, yeah, these are like $15 peanuts on the airplane. Well, yeah. And just like, Hey, if you want power to your booth at a, an event, you know, they have to, yeah. you know, it's crazy. So Rob, Rob has this, this power pack. That's like, he's like, we need power. And he's like, we got power. It's like this giant thing. And he's like, it's a heck of a lot. Nerdy, isn't he? No, Rob, not. He, it's, is he a tech nerd? 
Uh, kinda. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's coming up with his own. Well, he, I, that and he's just been to enough events where he's like, I'm not paying, you know, 150 dollars to have a extension cord run to my booth. You know, it's it's just ridiculous. So. Yeah. It, it Well, those conference things are tough. And it's just if you're going to do conferences, it's a whole new beast. And, you know, you're going to pay for a table and you're going to pay for the power and you're going to pay for the Internet connection. And they're just getting, you know, you know the deal. Yeah. You know, the guy who does and I forget his name, but the guy who does the podcast guests. Andy something, uh, something with an A. Yeah, yeah. A super great guy, and it's a service everybody should use yeah. uh, if you're trying to find a guest or you had him on your show, um, mm-hmm. so they can they can go back and look at it. He had at a booth at Podcast Movement, and I thought, oh my god, how much did this thing cost? Like, because it it can be, uh, uh, but it can also be, you know, if you're trying to reach podcasters, it can also be a goldmine. Yeah, you know? so, well, that's what I told the guy from from MikeRentals.com. I'm like, dude, you are. I said you are surrounded by your target audience. I said I don't know if you know this or not because he was kind of like. It was like, his, I don't know if it was his first event, but it was his first podcasting thing. I go, you are surrounded by people who need you. I said, so I said, that's, that's the thing for me. I said, people that all of a sudden I got to record a panel and I usually use one microphone. I said, that would be great. I said, or I'm thinking of upgrading my mic and I'm not sure if I should spend $500 on this microphone or $400 or whatever, but man, that went fast. Let me uh, start. Always the fo- uh, We got a little post show though. Right? We do have post show. Get loose in the post show. I might even drop the F-bomb. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, dr- I dropped the F-bomb. I did in the roast. Really? Oh, I'll have, oh. To, I'll have to tell you about that. Okay. In the post show. Yeah. In the post show. And then we also, speaking of throwing people under the bus, I will show you the pictures that didn't make it to PodFest that were meant to embarrass Dave. Um, I could not find them. And of course, the minute I got home, I'm like, oh, there they are. Because they had enough already. They had the spandex pictures and things like that. But Emily's going to be coming in and uh, we're going to talk a little more shotgun microphones here. Good. Awesome. But uh, Jim, what's coming up in, uh, on your world? Oh, we did a kind of a tech news show here last week. So we talked about the drones at the Olympics. We talked about SpaceX. So if you're kind of interested in those kind of news and what's going on currently in technology, home gadget, uh, no, sorry, theaverageguy.tv. There we go. And uh, you know what's coming up on the School of Podcasting? Tell me. Uh, me neither. I, was, <laughs> I, I don't know. I will determine that sometime between now and Monday. I have a couple things that... Uh, well, it keeps you from talking about it. Yeah, that's it. Tune so, in and find out what Dave figured it out. Um but yeah, I had a, a I had a couple of people that I wanted to interview, and all this week it, it's one of those things. You come back from Podfest, you need like a week to recover from the week you were gone, and and plus I'm getting ready for social media marketing world, so I can't do things next week because I've got all sorts of stuff going on. So it's like I have a list somewhere of evergreen topics that I might be uh, talking about. Um, so, but that's what's coming up. And uh, thanks again as always to our chat room. We are here every Saturday. Askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. I want to re-emphasize that because in the event we start playing with Shindig, it's not going to be at askthepodcastcoach.com slash the live page thingy. It'll be at askthepodcastcoach.com slash live because we'll be going someplace else. But uh, thanks as always. Jim, and it really is, buddy. Nice to have you back. Uh, you're, good to be here. You're gone for two weeks, right? And then you come back? Yeah. All right. And I'm back full time through the summer. Yeah. And then somewhere in there, I go to social media marketing world. So... It's going to be weird in the next couple of weeks, but uh, thanks so much. And we'll see you again real soon. This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Changing the world one download at a time.